Has substance use or gambling taken over your life? Are you using substances or gambling to cope with difficult emotions or experiences? You may feel like you have to face life's challenges on your own in silence. But the reality is that we all need help sometimes. You are not alone. There's help available right here in your community at the Wayback Inn. The professional counselors at Wayback Inn can help you to heal and rebuild your family and your relationships, to live a new life in recovery from substance use or gambling. If you're looking for lasting change and a renewed lease on life, Wayback Inn is here to help. Begin your journey today. Visit waybackin.org. That's waybackin.org. This message is supported by the Proviso Township Mental Health Commission. Did you know that the Oak Park River Forest Community Foundation has a website, a Facebook page, and a Twitter feed? And they're easy to find. Search online for OPRFCF. See what's new. Find a scholarship. Donate to support local nonprofits. Join a group or just connect. Enjoying the Doris Davenport Program? You're not alone. The Doris Davenport Program is quickly becoming the place for all things local. If you have a quality local business or offer a quality service, the Doris Davenport Program is tailor-made for you. We offer reasonably priced announcements available to all. To find out how we can work together for success, call 1-312-296-9709 and speak to Doris directly about attaining your goals. 1-312-296-9709. Discover one of our community's unique resources, the Oak Park River Forest Community Foundation www.oprfcf.org. The following message is supported by the Proviso Township Mental Health Commission. Are you looking to stop using substances or gambling, but you're not sure where to turn? There's help right here in your community at the Wayback Inn. Visit waybackin.org. Waybackin.org. The weather's getting warmer. Time to enjoy the outdoors, biking, hiking, sports. Pains and sprains. I hate venturing out. Let me give you something for that. A Band-Aid? The number to Dr. Victor Romano, 708-848-4662. I'll need a body cast. How about holistic healing? Can you explain that? Not as well as Dr. Victor Romano, 708-848-7662. One Air Court, Oak Park. Has substance use or gambling taken over your life? Are you using substances or gambling to cope with difficult emotions or experiences? You may feel like you have to face life's challenges on your own in silence. But the reality is that we all need help sometimes. You are not alone. There's help available right here in your community at the Wayback Inn. The professional counselors at Wayback Inn can help you to heal and rebuild your family and your relationships, to live a new life in recovery from substance use or gambling. If you're looking for lasting change and a renewed lease on life, Wayback Inn is here to help. Begin your journey today. Visit waybackin.org. That's waybackin.org. This message is supported by the Proviso Township Mental Health Commission. Shake it. 
Davenport Show. It is Sunday afternoon, and I am your host, Doris Davenport. Hey, Paul. How's it going? Pretty good. How you doing? Doing good. Doing I've good. been missing you. I'm missing you, too. I see you like the music this Oh, week. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tell you, I don't know what we would do without music. Music, in my view, just solves so many problems. Maybe we need to start looking at how we can incorporate more music into these elections instead of just so much talking hot air because it is really crazy. Now, folks, we're on WCPT 820. It's Sunday afternoon. It's October 30th. Ooh, it's the day before Halloween. That's okay. I'm not going to scare you today. I don't have any. Well, actually, that's not true. I was about to say, Paul, I didn't have any scary information. But what the hell is going on? Right. I mean, what the? Okay, y'all. <laughs> W.T. capital F. Nancy Pelosi's husband. I don't know what to say. Except that these folks have gone plumb crazy. Now, I think we, I hope we ran the disclosure in the beginning, you know, that the station is not responsible for everything that I say, because I'm going to say what I feel. Them Republicans have lost their minds. And if you all, black people, hear me, hear me, black people. Did you all hear Barack Obama speak yesterday when he was in Michigan? Did you hear him speak? And he reminded you, when you go to the ballot box, look for the candidates who know you, who care about you, who will do things to make your life better. And white people, y'all got to do the same thing and think about candidates that are going to do things for others as well. We all are in this together. It may be about my rights today, gay rights tomorrow, interracial marriage the next day, and women... Forget about it now, because you know there are some men who have problems with equality. Now, that's just the truth. Just like there are white people and black people who have a problem with integration, there are some men who don't like equality. And, y'all, we have to get through this, because we're not going backwards. And that is the problem. None of us who have rights today are going to stand for them to being taken away. Not any of us. I know I'm not. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I'm not giving up not one right with, that I have without a fight. Not one. I, 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 just not one. It's just not going to happen. Next week, I want you to hang with me. WCPT listeners, I know I haven't been on my political shtick, but I'm going to be on it for the entire hour next week. We're going to break down this midterm election. We're going to hit Everything between the eyes that needs to be hit between the eyes. We're going to talk about some of those races that we need to be focused on. We're going to talk about some of those judges that we are going to knock off the bench. And we are going to talk about um, uh, these midterm elections, right? We've got uh, the Senate, the House. Uh, we've got a lot, and the president, of course, but we've got the um, the governor's race coming up soon. We've got next year, the uh, when is the mayoral election? I think, when is it? It's that? usually uh, the last Tuesday of February, of and then February. The, the runoff is like first Tuesday in April. I look at I, Paul calling for I, a runoff. I, yeah, I could. Well, it's usually a runoff, though, but yeah. Uh, and I could be off on the dates, but uh-huh. that's usually when they host it. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds good. I think we've got till November 8th for this cycle. And that's not a long time. So, folks, we got to get busy, and you know what we have to do. So, listen, today is the last Sunday of the month, and normally we have our sponsors in on fourth Sunday, but we changed it to this week. And I'm so excited to bring to you my friends, Anita Maria Pendor and Scott Ward with Way Back Scott. Did I just call you Scott? Chris, Chris? that's okay. I can be Scott today. That's fine. <laughs> and Chris Howard. And if you yeah. all could see Chris in his skinny jeans today. Hmm. They're extra skinny, too. <laughs> they really are. For sure. And they look good. They look good. Thank you. How are you two doing? Good. Good. Yeah. yeah. Excited yeah. to be here. Oh, good. I'm so glad to have you. And you know what? I love when I have my guests come in and they do the dance with me. 
when they come in. <laughs> I have to. Like you said, music kind of makes the world yeah. go around, helps everybody heal. How can you not move when it's good, right? Right. How can you not? How can you not? Now, last month when you guys were in the studio, we talked about the extended residential program that Wayback In offers. And I thought this month we could feature uh, substance abuse and addiction treatment. And in that, we'll talk a little bit about uh, dual disorder and um, most frequently identified mental health issues found in individuals with substance abuse. Um, and then I want to talk a little bit about the assessment, pretreatment, screening, and testing. And we talked a little bit about that last time, but I want to see if there are changes in each one of the, you know, as we talk about one, there may be different changes in, in those aspects of it, too. And this, this particular issue, um, especially the dual disorders, I think is really important because these are those uh, disorders where you may have an addiction, and what comes along with that addiction is a mental disorder. And we, I think, don't really understand how common these mental disorders are. When I think about the anxiety that's in the world today leading up to these elections, I think about all of the shootings that we hear about. Highland Park is, um, you know, they're, they're starting to put together some community celebrations just to spread the joy among their community after what they faced, this horrific mass shooting on the 4th of July in the middle of their celebratory parade. And anxiety, I mean, that's a mental disorder. It is absolutely a bona fide mental disorder. Um, But tell me, how common is it for dual disorders? How common do you see patients coming in or clients coming in with uh, dual disorders? Uh, yeah, Doris, no, you're very correct. We we actually see it quite a lot, and it is fairly common. I, w- I would say on average about 50% of the time, wow. but you, you could go really up to 65%. Um, you know, it kind of really depends, and substance use disorder spans across all mental health, right? And we all have mental health. Often people talk about mental health like, oh, you're, you know, like we don't have it, but everyone is mentally health is there, just like health is there in general, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then there's levels of mental health. So many people, and it's, um, you know, when they were doing some of the reports with high school kids um, with COVID and kind of this mm-hmm. post-COVID world, they were reporting up to 80% of anxiety and depression yeah. in um, mm. high school students, right? So that that's really high if you that think is. about it. And, and when you already take a very difficult time period in a kid's life, like high school, adolescence, you know, like that's already a difficult time to begin with. Mm -hmm. And then you add something in like the pandemic um, and then just the pressures of school and peer pressure and everything else. Right. So we're seeing those spikes. We see it and we saw it. You know, you're talking about like people, let's get it together. I think what we're seeing is an explosion in some of this mental health. Mm -hmm. It's going on untreated and it's been kind of triggered by a lot of these world events that we've been seeing. Um, and, and so certain things like anxiety and depression are much more common than people really think they are because everything kind of goes on a spectrum, right? So often even when you're like, I think I'm fine, you're like, well, you know. <laughs> right. So, you know, one of the recommendations that's usually done is that when you do see your healthcare provider and you do see him for your annual physical, you should also talk about your mental health. And that Absolutely. doesn't come up as much, mm-hmm. but it really should. Those questions should be asked and those questions should be brought up. How am I sleeping? How am I eating? Mm. How much am I drinking? How am I using any recreational and or prescription drugs? How much? When? Um, so those should all really be questions that come up. I was even going to say like, take away like full-blown diagnosed disorder if it's mental health or substance use disorder so many people are just feeling anxious or feeling slightly depressed and they're not even sure why so they are coping with substances or gambling or another behavior to kind of reconcile for that feeling like okay i feel a little bit more at ease Mm -hmm. so it's definitely important like you said to talk to your doctor talk to other people in your family and your community your friends to know like is this getting worse than i think it is right is it turning into something that could be a diagnosable disorder and do i need help for this you know, I think about um, Matthew Perry, uh, who we all know was a, a, the, like the, one of the leads on Friends for mm-hmm. so many, many years. We just and talked about that. <laughs> Diane Sawyer just, um, um, her interview with him was this weekend. And I watched that interview and my heart just went out to him because what he went through during that 
period mm-hmm. of um, alcoholism. I mean, he's still going through it. He feels like he's on the other side, if you can ever say you're on the other side. Um, but he's found some motivation, which is helping others, mm-hmm. to keep him kind of at bay. But something stood out for me. Diane Sawyer asked him, what should we look for? Um, how do we know when you're not okay? And one of the things that he said was, if you hear me say, I'm going to spend some time with myself alone at home tonight. And I thought about that and I said, now, a lot of us spend time alone, but that doesn't mean we're home drinking or, or drugging or gambling online or, or on our phones or something. But that's why it's important to talk about things. That's why it's important to, that family members know what you're going through. Tell us a little bit about the stigma that goes along with why people don't want to talk about it and what we can do if we notice something to try to get people to be a little bit more open about it, at least with those who are close to them. Well, you really hit kind of the nail on the head, right? Isolation Mm -hmm. is really a big one when it comes to substance use disorders. And so, you know, when he's talking about that and he's saying, when I'm going to say I want to be alone, it means I want to isolate. Mm-hmm. We often see that with our clients and in our milieu, in our kind of clinical setting, we, we always draw people out. And, and we actually yeah. have a lot of kind of rules, right, to say, no, you can't just go upstairs and sleep in your room and, mm-hmm. and keep taking naps. You know, we, we need you here. We need you to be with other people. And so, yeah, we all need a long time. It's, that's, that's really good. We need some time to reflect and think and just kind of sometimes calm down right like everything doesn't have to be a party all the time at the same time yes being with other people um you know even if it is a phone call a zoom meeting um maybe some face down with family time that that's what's really important And, and then having a good balance between when am i alone or when am i isolating and when am i with other people so what activities do you have you know is there community activities is there church activities what what else are we doing with other people that's really kind of important to us and and it's that loss of interest it's a loss of um, being around other people that's when we see that isolation kick in and usually those substances or gambling kind of go up and that's why it's so important to talk to your friends and your family and loved ones because some people they'll see you all the time and if you're super active at one point then all of a sudden you're just completely isolated but you've never told them that you might be struggling with something they might not know that you're not just being alone but that you are using or gambling or doing something that might be detrimental to your health Um, and then you had to hit another point about stigma and I think that's just Huge, because so many people don't want to admit that they might be struggling at all, right? With anything, mental health, substances. Like, no, I'm a weak person. Yeah. Why would I tell my loved one that I can't beat this thing that I'm doing? Like, I'm just going to tell them that I am alone. So, kind of us, we kind of work with a lot of different like local coalitions and just community members and legislators and politicians and just other organizations to educate and to spread that awareness that it's not something that should be stigmatized. It's an actual diagnosed disorder. And there shouldn't be something where judgment is passed on that individual. And families should be educated about that as well, because so often families think that it is something about being weak or it is something like, I can't believe that you would take all of our money and gamble it all away for the inheritance. That's all we have left to live. Like, well, how could you do something like that? Right. So that actually ties into our family program as well. So we can help them kind of understand that disease model of addiction and what was going into their thinking Mm -hmm. and happening to their brain to make them act that way. You know. And I will. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to. I, I really have to compliment um, people like Matthew Perry for coming yeah. out. Um, it, it is a huge movement in terms of kind of the voices and faces of recovery. But people who are able to come out and say, I'm in recovery, um, you know, I've struggled with this, really is so helpful to that yeah. common person. Uh, when they can do it and they can put a face and a story um, to their struggles, it really helps everyone else. And, and so it really should be celebrated when that happens. Um, as it is, it's yeah. so much easier maybe then to say, oh, well, if they can do it, I can kind of come out too. Because there is still, yeah, like Chris is saying, that stigma of, well, there's something wrong with you. And how could you? Uh, you know, sometimes it's like, well, mm-hmm. I can't believe it. She's a mother. How could she? Right? Yeah. Or like, he's a, a business right. person. How could he? Um, so we put some of so much judgment into things that's a medical disorder. And we hold all... Oh, go ahead, Doris. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I was just about to say, it's kind of like, I, I, I can't help but compare it to racism. Because when you peel back the skin, 
what's the difference between all of us? Yes. You know? <laughs> right. So, 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 and, and, you know, if we, we all look at ourselves and say, well, she's crazy. She, something's wrong with her. There's something wrong with all of us because human experience, you know, not one of us is perfect. Not one. No, not one. And the fact that we can walk around and always other people, you know, we're into we're such an othering society. And what we don't realize until it hits home and even sometimes when it hits home, it's difficult for people to accept that we're we all have weaknesses Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I often wonder, will we ever get over this, you know, this 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 idea of, I don't know, punishing weakness. It We see it in look at the gymnastics. Mm-hmm. We saw yeah. we, we we see it in almost in every that's sport. That's a great example. Um, just like that, Simone Biles. Simone Biles. That's exactly like, you know what, what I was thinking of. I, I forgot what they call it. I got the spins. Like, I need to stop this for a while. Yeah. Taking care of my mental health. Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, I can't even believe uh, it. And, and uh, my tennis player. Um mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, oh my goodness! The Japanese. I forgot the name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Who's? I can't believe I can't think of her name. Osaka. I Osaka. Can't think of yes. No. Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka. Thank you. Yeah. And she's just decided, you know, no way. I, I'm going to take care of me, and the press is not going to take care of me. So I need a break. I think I've seen several musicians as well. I think like Sean Mendes said that. I think Justin Bieber stopped his tour for the exact same reason. They were like, right now, this is way too much for me to handle. So I'm going to exactly. take a step back. I remember when Alicia Keys got her first contract. I think it was with Capitol Records. And after a few meetings, she decided, you know what? I don't want this. I don't feel ready. I don't like the direction you're pulling me in. I'm going to hold off. She took a couple of years off, and then she signed that deal with, I think, Epic. And she had those six hits, mm-hmm. and the rest is history. Right. So sometimes it is that feeling of pressure, right? Like if yes. this doesn't happen today, it's never going to happen. And it really isn't, right? If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and it's wonderful that these people have this opportunity to do it. We need to give that opportunity to everyone else because not yeah. everyone is as fortunate to have that ability. You know, We're talking about people like Shawn Mendes or Justin Bieber who already made it, right? So they have the ability to be like, nah. That one not. concert tour is not going to pay right. all their bills. They already have a bunch of Yeah, Yeah, but, but well, you know, but then they're also affecting many other people, right? They're affecting their crew and other people who work for them. How are they going yeah, to be compensated? And, and, but some people, like, so, may, so maybe that guy who's just, you know, um, setting up the stage, he might or might not have that ability to be like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and take a mental health day. So we really need to push for things like recognizing mental health, recognizing it um, as a disorder and recognizing substance use disorders along there, where if someone needs that help and that treatment, we're all there to allow them that time, that ability to get treatment versus saying like, well, this is, take care of this problem on your time off. Right. Exactly. Because what time off do, do people have? Not much. First of all. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, most regular people have to work yeah. and sometimes more than one job. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. To make ends meet. It's just not easy. Uh, we are here in the studio with my sponsors and we are with the executive director, Anita Pendor, of the Wayback Inn. Uh, she's been with the Wayback Inn since 2002. And we are also sitting with Chris Ward, um, who's been with the WBI family uh, since I think two, 2018, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you started as a peer support specialist. Uh, so there's um, upward mobility happening over there at the way back in. We're going to stop for a brief break, um, and Paul's going to bring us up to date on our theme song and, and where we are with that and sports. And we'll be back with you on the other side of this break. My name is Doris Davenport, and you are listening to The Doris Davenport Show on WCPT. Has substance use or gambling taken over your life? Are you using substances or gambling to cope with difficult emotions or experiences? You may feel like you have to face life's challenges on your own in silence. But the reality is that we all need help sometimes. You are not alone. There's help available right here in your community at the Wayback Inn. The professional counselors at Wayback Inn can help you to heal and rebuild your family and your relationships, to live a new life in recovery from substance use or gambling. If you're looking for lasting change and a renewed lease on life, Wayback Inn is here to help. Begin your journey today. Visit waybackin.org. That's waybackin.org. This message is supported by the Proviso Township Mental Health Commission. 
the Doris Davenport Program? You're not alone. The Doris Davenport Program is quickly becoming the place for all things local. If you have a quality local business or offer a quality service, the Doris Davenport Program is tailor-made for you. We offer reasonably priced announcements available to all. To find out how we can work together for success, call 1-312-296-9709 and speak to Doris directly about attaining your goals. 1-312-296-9709. Discover one of our community's unique resources, the Oak Park River Forest Community Foundation www.oprfcf.org The weather's getting warmer. Time to enjoy the outdoors. Biking, hiking, sports. Pains and sprains. I hate venturing out. Let me give you something for that. A Band-Aid? The number to Dr. Victor Romano. 708-848-4662 I'll need a body cast. How about holistic healing? Can you explain that? Not as well as Dr. Victor Romano, 708-848-7662, One Airy Court, Oak Park. <laughs> it's now time for the Doris Davenport Show, all local, all the time, sports report. I'm Paul Shavari with your sports update. The Bears lost earlier today. Do you even want to know the score? It was really bad. 49 to 29. Not as bad as my Raiders, though. They got shut out in New Orleans today, 24 to nothing. Other victories and the losses today. Vikings beat the Cardinals. Dolphins beat the Lions. Currently tied Panthers and Falcons in overtime, 34 apiece. Earlier in London today, the Broncos defeated the Jaguars, 21 to 17. Uh, Some of the later games today, Titans, Texans, Giants, and Seahawks, a big one of two teams with winning records. Commanders at Colts, 49ers at Rams. And tonight, Doris's Bills host the Green Bay Packers. And I think we're all rooting for a Buffalo Bills victory tonight. Uh, Tomorrow night in the NFL, it's the Bengals at the Browns. In the World Series, an off day today in between games two and three. The series is currently tied one apiece as they go from Houston now to Philadelphia. Three games in a row, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. All of those games start at 7 3 Central Time. Chicago Blackhawks lost yesterday in Buffalo in overtime, so they do get a point. 4-3 the final in that one. The Blackhawks currently sit in second place uh, behind by two points in their division. Bulls, meanwhile, back-to-back losses on Friday and Saturday night last night, losing at home to the Philadelphia 76ers. And now back to the Doris Davenport Show, all local, all the time. That's right. We are all local all the time. Y'all hear James Brown. I don't know what it is, but that music comes on, my feet just want to start sliding across the studio floor. (laughs) This is Doris Davenport, and this is the Doris Davenport Show. I am here with Anita Pendor, the executive director of Way Back In, and along with Chris Ward. I um, want to move the conversation a little bit into the space of um, psychology. So I know that, Anita, you're a licensed, certified professional counselor. You also have a number of certificates in gambling disorders, um, domestic violence, and anger management. And, you know, you must have ace that, because I have never seen you angry. I don't even think I've ever seen you. <laughs> I try to utilize those skills. And, and, uh, you know. I'm saying nothing. depends on who you are. Well, when you were at Loyola University studying for undergrad or when you were doing your Master's of Science in Clinical Psychology at Benedictine University, that was a time when things like anxiety were not considered um, the, one of the major psychological disorders. So, you know, and I don't think we had any less anxiety then. They were just for different things and different reasons. And, you know, people really didn't talk about it as much. What were some of the major um, psychological disorders that you studied in school that are different from today? And, and the ones that have been added that we all think are so common now, did you feel like they should have always been part of the um, spectrum? 
Probably, right? But, um, you, you know, uh, time was a little different, too, right? So I started um, college like, 96, and I have to say that the 90s were, you know, fairly somewhat easygoing, right? We had some conflicts here and there, but, you know, like, um, those wars lasted, what, like, 90 days or something like that, right, in Saudi Arabia? And so we, we it, they were fairly easy times, right? We still um, believed in our government and democracy. We and did. We did. We, we believed in elections. We believed in democracy, right? Um, and, and, you know, I mean, there were there were obviously a lot of things going on, right? We remember L.A. and the Rodney King um, thing, mm-hmm. uh, right? So, so there, were, there were many, many kind of horrible things going on, but there was a lot less social media, too. Um, you know, the internet was just starting. Social media were like MySpace kind of, <laughs> right? The one and only for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you could you could only do so much. Information traveled sl- fast, but slower than it does now, and you didn't feel necessarily as connected. Um, it wasn't really till nine eleven when mm. we saw a huge spike in anxiety and depression. And I think you're right. Um, well, and school is different, right? Um, I always joke around. I love school. Um, if I could, I would stay in school forever. I'm an eternal nerd. But at the same time, schools t- don't necessarily prepare you for the real world. They're just they educate you, right? And so we study a lot of really fantastic things in school. Um, autism um, was really kind of starting the idea of the spectrum in autism. And so we spent a lot of time on autism. Um, we spent a lot of time on schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorders. Very, very important. Well, we did do depression mainly bipolar. You know, bipolar was still kind of just, uh, we were starting to unravel and understand bipolar disorders. So that was really kind of emphasis and a lot of time was spent on that, especially in graduate school. But yeah, anxiety was kind of seen on a different level. And even substance use disorders were seen on a mm-hmm. very different level, right? So anxiety was dealt with like, well, pop an Ativan and you'll be fine. Anxiety gone. <laughs> like, um, and really, it was um, kind of 9-11 when we saw that beginning. Um, we, we saw, um, you know, by the time I started at the way back in in 2002, many people were coming in and um, relapses happened. Um, many people started some of their substance use disorders at that point. They were very triggered by it. They were very upset by it. And it became kind of that global first real um, anxiety-driven disorder because it really, even if it didn't affect you, it affected you, right? We knew people. We knew someone who might have passed away during um, that horrific incident um and so my dad was in europe back then but um he still remembers and it was you know it was a real event and i remember him calling us and uh, you know it was just like what's going on what's happening so uh, uh, you know we all remember you know like everybody's like i remember exactly where i was when it happened um and, and so that kind of shared anxiety really started a lot of the things we're seeing now um, and what we so anxiety and depression became a lot more common terms, and they became a lot more understood, studied, um, and, and we kind of started seeing how do human beings really respond to these massive kind of events. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, up to and including when uh, places like Instagram had their own reports coming out over adolescents, young women, um, and the levels of depression that is being caused by things like social media. Um, and some of that is just that immediacy and a huge connection we have. So something can happen across the world, and yet we feel so immediately connected to it. It's sometimes hard to separate where is this coming from, right? Like back, 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 back in a day when you had to write a letter and then wait like four weeks until it arrived. Right? Back, back, back. <laughs> right. By the time you got the news, you're like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it already happened. This way, we're so immediately connected. So uh, I think... Um, one of the things I do have to give a lot of credit to, because we do see a lot of interns, so we have a lot of students coming in, schools have become much better at that. Um, and, and like you're reading some of my special law certifications that I've done, I had to do all of those sort of separately. They were very much separated away from like my master's program, where there is that integration now, especially yep. with mm-hmm. um, addictions. We're seeing that being really brought into the forefront um, and many people, um, like Dr. Napier, one of my favorite researchers, but she's working a lot with 
addictions as well as um, gambling use disorders and bringing it into the med schools and making sure that you know medical students are being trained and taught and given that information. So we're really advancing in that. I think that's uh, phenomenal, really. When I think about um, what you said about the spike that occurred after 9-11, um, and I think about the preparation that hospitals have to do for COVID and what they have, what they are doing now for the uh, new virus that's affecting children and the flu coming up. I believe that we have to start preparing counselors and psychologists for post-election. Um, these, I, I believe that there is going to be such a spike in these very disorders we're talking about after this election, leading up to and during and after. Because when I look at the news now, and I literally see people in uh, camouflage wear with long-nosed rifles guarding ballot ballot uh, boxes and intimidating voters, it is, there are people who are, you know, afraid to go to, they're, they're voting early, thank God, um, or doing mail-in ballots because they don't want to be there on Election Day. Um, and I voted every year. I love voting on Election Day just because. And this was the first year I kind of paused and said, hmm, you know, maybe I'll go early this year. It's almost year. like you have to think about it when you see all these things, right? Exactly. And isn't that like anxiety on some level? Mm-hmm. Um, the self-preservation, and, protection. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it is, right? Chris and I talked about that. We talked about it over the summer with elections. We talked about it with concerts even, right? Um, I was actually afraid to go to a concert. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to make sure I know where all my exits are. I'm going to try to be like by the fence instead of in the crowd. Like thoughts were just coming into my mind. Look what happened in Korea yesterday. I know. Yep. Another state. It was like 160, 100 right? yeah. people. Died. From another, just a gathering for Halloween, and then they just, another stampede happened just at the concert. Yeah. And it's like, like Anita said, you're just automatically connected to all these events, and it feels like it's happening to you, around you. Right. If it's national, if it's international, if it's your state, if it's your city, Mm -hmm. everything. Everything. Yeah. And Anita, you said something a little earlier, and I think about children today. You know, there was a time when you had a lot of different types of kids in the classroom together. So uh, there may have been one or two children who were suffering from um, extreme or or greater mental disorder than others, and uh, some learned coping mechanisms watching other children. We've done so much separation now where kids want, you know, if my kid is very smart, I want them in the smartest school. I don't want them associated with this. So oftentimes we find classrooms filled with kids that have mental disorders, and there's no one for them to learn positive skills from. You know, what, what, what is, what's, can you weigh in on that? Uh, and I'm not a specialist in children or, you know, and I'm definitely not a specialist in education, but, uh, but I definitely do see that point that you're making, right? We're, we're separating people so much that we're almost over-segregated. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's always that special need, and some people have different needs, right? We all have our own low needs, but um, at the same time, yes, yeah, sometimes we do... T- take it to such an extreme where, yes, now now everybody looks kind of the same in the room, and, and you can't be different in any way, because as soon as you're just slightly even different, then there's that special program. And, and we all do, right? We all want the best for our kids, but yeah, sometimes it's just even saying like, oh, my kid's in just a regular reading, like <laughs> even just a regular reading and a regular math is almost like, oh, how could it, right? And so and there's always um, something new coming out, and we can never actually be okay okay with the fact that maybe somebody has a need and an accommodation that they might require that can't just be met in the regular classroom that they don't need to continue going on. And I really do worry about that, though, specifically now. Um, You know, it was difficult to begin with, but there's quite a teacher shortage right now. Yes. I've been hearing about this. Yeah, apparently it's like pretty intense, you know. Mm -hmm. At first I was like, oh, they're just taking some days off. But Mm -hmm. now it's it's becoming more and more intense as you're looking at this. So how are we actually going to meet people's special needs when they might be even minimal, but they might need something, right? Will they just need someone in the classroom? Will they need an additional person in the classroom? Will they just need an extra class? for reading or for mental health and um, 
my daughter's school, she goes to an art school, so it's very progressive, but they have like a wellness room. Will we be able to staff a wellness room if there's no staff ever available? And how far are we even going to stretch some of these teachers? Um, because what we see with just general employees to begin with, you know, the more you stretch someone out, the more they get burned out, the less they're effective. And so it's it's going to be really a challenging probably at least five years or so before things kind of settle in. And, um, you know, we need to educate the next level of teachers, but they're just maybe starting college at this point. And so it's um, it, it definitely is something that we all should be concerned about and something that we should be doing something, right? Yeah, and when you talk about doing something, again, you know, right now all roads lead to the election. So, you know, we have to think about when we're voting for people what their voting records are because if these are people who are running and they have a track record for not for voting against resources for things like um, addiction and mental disorders, then we don't want them in office. We absolutely don't want them in office. Um, well, and we shouldn't, right? Um, we, we should see mm-hmm. um, health, mental health, addiction, schools as a human right. Yes. Equitable services. Equitable services, In exactly. All areas, yeah. Exactly. You know, um, when I so so getting back to our subject of um, addictions and, and dual disorders, and I think about how, you know, the reason that people get addicted to something. Well, maybe not the reason, but the way people get addicted to something oftentimes is because it gives them that feeling of pleasure or gratification, which implies it's that that is not a normal feeling that they are having so that their life is uh, whatever's going on in their life is not giving them gratification and pleasure. And so they, they're seeking other ways to get that. And what could be, you know, um, like, like, um, one person could be passionate about something, whereas somebody else could be very addictive uh, towards something. And um, one could be um, an enthusiast of tequila or wine or whiskey. A connoisseur. A connoisseur. <laughs> the refined pleasures of life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, while another person, you know, their love for wine is masking a fear of... Um, you know, what's in their mind or what's going on in their life. And what is it? What is the medical reason why those distinctions appear or, or exist? Why I'll let Anita tackle it first and then jump in. Uh-huh. I have some ideas about it, but I'm well, not Anita talk you about it. You just all finished your schooling, so maybe yes, perhaps it's you have fresh. <laughs> yeah, you have some more fresh perspective. <laughs> you, you know, um, that, that is probably one of the million dollar questions, right? It's, it's like, well, what causes any disorder? If, if we had that down packed, it, it would be great. Um, it mainly comes down to brain chemistry. And so one of the things that we know happens is it's um, a little bit hereditary, so some genetics and some environment. Uh, and often what we see um, lead to addiction is how accessible is it, how acceptable is it, and, you know, kind of how early do you start. Um, so, yes, there's plenty of people and majority of things can be enjoyed and they can be enjoyed kind of at any level, right? But everyone um, reacts to things differently. Somebody once explained addiction kind of in a very, very simple level. It's almost like you're allergic to that um, compound. Now, technically, all human beings are allergic to alcohol because it's a poison. But You're trying to get it out of your body the entire time. <laughs> it's like, wait, hold on a minute. Right. Like people don't realize, you know, your liver needs an hour to digest and process a small drink. Yeah. And some people take that rule and then like, oh, but I can have four. And so then in two hours, I'm fine. Or three yeah. hours, four hours. It's like, yeah. eh, it doesn't really quite work right. with that, too. That's a lot in your system all at once. Yeah, right. So yeah. And, and some of the we, we've read a research um, study very, very recently. And they said that the only acceptable and healthy amount is two tablespoons of oh, um, yeah. alcohol. Because uh, uh, everyone's like, oh, a glass of wine a day. It's perfect for your blood pressure. Yeah. They actually found it was really just one to two teaspoons was oh, the only like, goodness. quote unquote, healthy oh. amount. So really, that's like what? Two steps. Right. Yes. As you try in the wine. <laughs> right. You know. 
So, so really, anything after that apparently unhealthy, right? Um, so, so we need to first uh, reset some of our social acceptability of alcohol or any other um, drug, illegal or illegal, right? That these are all substances that are shouldn't be in our system, right? Uh, sometimes people talk about vaping, and they're like, "Oh, but it's okay. I'm just vaping the uh, water vapors, and it's just for flavors." And we go, yeah, but the, no chemical mm-hmm. and no water should be going to your lungs like that. And battery getting heated up, so that right, can't right. be good. <laughs> so, but you're right. Many of us will enjoy different things for different reasons, and some things affect us differently than others. And so when you are a person who's able to go and have one, two, seven drinks, and you know you can still maintain a healthy lifestyle, then then that's fine. Um, other people can't. And it isn't necessarily the amount of alcohol, the amount of drugs that they're using. It's how their bodies react to it, how their brains react to it, and then how they take on the rest of their lives. And I was so, going to say, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, like, your dopamine just spikes so much when you use any substance. So if you are, if it's hereditary or if you're susceptible by nature or by nurture, whatever it is, to that, your brain's going to get so excited by these substances that stuff that you used to be passionate about when you mentioned passion, they don't they pale in comparison because the drugs are skyrocketing you up to feeling better than the best day of your life. Like it's like pure euphoria for some people. Mm. So then they just continue to chase this feeling. And then every time you use it actually gets less and less and less and less. You're never actually getting back to that initial sensation that you felt to get away from everything. Yeah. You know, I, I often feel like we sometimes pick and choose. Well, we, we always, as, as human beings, we pick and choose what we want to focus on as addictions. I think everything has the capacity of being an addiction. You know, and, and it's kind of like we can be passionate about, like, I'm a tennis player and I'm about to start playing pickleball. Now, I think that whatever sport a person plays or whatever you do, you could be uh, sketching is another thing. If you do it to a point where you're hurting other people, you start to isolate to do it and you're no longer involved in your family or no longer involved in your relationship, then that too can become an addiction. Um, But there's nowhere for people to go because they have an addiction to pickleball or to drawing. (laughs) To an activity. (laughs) To an activity. Um, You know, what do people do with outside of the norm addictions. I started just to advocate for this a little bit, just even just in my one school, it's obviously one little you know blip in the entire map of this conversation, but even just gambling use disorders, they're finally being talked about and being taught and certifications are going around for every state and everything like that. But even on all the books, I'm currently getting my CADC and all the books, we only breach the topic and we only breach other behavioral addictions like sex and shopping mm-hmm. and uh, right. kleptomania and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's like, I even asked a teacher, I'm like, Why, when are we going to get just even more gambling use disorder courses or even just like articles or studies to read? And she's like, we're actually tr- working on getting those incorporated now. But just imagine all of these different addictions like you're talking about with those heightened anxieties and use and everything like that. It's like we need to really start to advocate on a, like a mass scale to get them all talked about and credentialed and taught. And <laughs> well, and, uh, and you bring up something very interesting when you bring up kind of this ability to almost be addicted to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were talking about a time like now where with media and the reliance we have on social media and something like elections, it's very easy to go down those rabbit holes, right? It's very easy to lose yourself in the articles and opinions and kind of these conspiracies. And so that is something that we actually then see that pairing with anxiety and then often into depression Uh, because it's almost like why why bother, right? Or or that fear of like, I'm not even going to leave my house to go vote. I'm going to not only make maybe change what I've always done, maybe I'm just going to change and not do it at all because why does it matter? And then we start feeling that level of depression kind of getting lower and lower. So Even silence becomes stressful. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I never thought, I love silence. And, and for a couple of years, I was on this shtick of asking people, where in your life, and, and I really feel like, pick Two places in an entire week, I think, is difficult to pick two places, two instances where you were in total silence mm-hmm. in, in one week's time mm-hmm. because there's noise everywhere, you know, um, and, and, and silence can be stressful because people are afraid to speak up when they see something wrong. Even when they see discrimination, they're, they're afraid to speak up when they or you see think someone else will. Othering, yeah, yeah. yeah. So but, the people who are, who are victims of it mm-hmm. have to walk around carrying that anxiety 
because nobody else will speak up because they feel like, oh, everybody has a right to their opinion. Well, no, you know, I'm at the point where everybody doesn't have a right to their opinion. Because if your opinion is hurting other people and it's wrong and it's othering people, absolutely not. I'm not going to stand for it. Well, and that's why people are often very afraid, right? We will judge. We will isolate other people. We will stigmatize them when there's addictions or mental health. But we won't necessarily reach out to help because we consider it, it's your choice. Yeah. You have to be ready for it. Um, and, and I definitely don't want to you know, maybe get canceled or blamed for something or say the wrong thing. So I'm never going to reach out yes. and say, I think you might have a problem or can I help you? Yes. We don't even need to like maybe they do. They don't have a problem. But we never even say, how can I assist you? How can I help you? I've noticed you're struggling and we Mm -hmm. don't. And that's what we need to do more of. We do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, My name is Doris Davenport and this is the Doris Davenport Show. And we have been talking with Anita Pendor, Executive Director of uh, Way Back In, as well as with Chris Ward, who is, uh, what is your title now? I'm the Grant and Outreach Coordinator. The Grant and Outreach Coordinator. All right. And one of the things that we were talking about is substance abuse. And as you know, Way Back In focuses mainly on um, alcohol drug addiction and gambling. And we were looking at the uh, intersection of substance abuse with dual diagnosis. And the typical dual diagnosis that are seen uh, coupled with abuse are emotional or mental illnesses like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, depression, and uh, anxiety disorders. And, and, and we just are so thankful and grateful that the way back in is available uh, to treat people that are dealing with dual diagnosis and 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 what is a co-occurring disorder? Co-occurring disorders when there's two disorders at the same time. So like it's almost like a better new way to say it. Yes. Oh, because I was yeah. like, well, isn't that it's the like same two thing happening as at dual once. diagnosis? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. some. <laughs> yeah. So mental health and um, substance use, or um, you know, gambling use disorders and mental health. No. Well, do you have any announcements that you'd like to uh, make? Anything coming up? Well, um, November is um, the beginning of the holiday season, as you know. So um, there is Giving Tuesday. So we are a little bit ahead of time, but we do recommend that everybody, and it doesn't have to be the way back in, but that you look and research and find the organizations and the non-for-profits that you really truly believe in and you would like to support. And so since it's a national day of giving, it's going to be November 26th. I believe it's Tuesday. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you can go to hashtag. Last Tuesday, November. Yes. Uh, hashtag Giving Tuesday um, and really contribute to those organizations that you feel passionate about because you really should put some emphasis into the things that you believe in. Great. That's that beautiful. Was well done. I'm going to clap for that. <laughs> well, that's Giving Tuesday, and we'd like everybody to consider giving to The Way Back In. If you are interested in giving to The Way Back In, the number that you should call is 708-345-8422 or visit waybackinwith2ends.org. Waybackinwith2ends.org. And the Doris Davenport Show will be right here next week. Uh, my guest next week will be Billy Morgan, and we are going to be breaking down the midterm.